So, uh, welcome back to the Cashers Corner podcast from uh, Cash Up New Brunswick. Uh, we got your co-hosts, myself, Zor, and uh, the hey, Re- Reverend Slippery. The Reverend. Uh, we had pretty good feedback from our uh, podcast uh, the last last month there. So uh, that was back in uh, September, I guess. We're October now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, and we are listed on iTunes now. We actually had somebody review us, other than, you know, yourself. <laughs> I gave myself a great review. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, we're, we're back again. So uh, we had a little bit of feedback, and uh, people seem to like what we're doing, so we're going uh, to keep at it. So, so to kind of start off, uh, for this month's podcast, I, uh, I was talking here to, uh, to the Reverend about some of the different updates and stuff that's been going on in geocaching.com. Uh, so anybody that's, you know, obviously if you're checking the caches and checking pages on a regular basis, you've probably seen some new things. So I noticed they have, we were talking about this a little bit ago, about personal notes for caches. So any cache page that you go to now, you can actually tack on a personal note at the top. So if you want to write a note, like I don't know, you probably could use it for like the, the final coordinates on a puzzle. You could post those to your personal note on puzzle caches. That's probably not a bad use for them. You might be able to do some work on it, do some Micrologics, right there in the personal <laughs> notes section. Yeah, that would work pretty good. You put a calculator into it. <laughs> yeah, because those, uh, I don't do so well with the micrologic puzzles, that's, that's for sure. That's another story, which is a fun story. <laughs> um, also talking about uh, souvenirs, we had done a post, or I, I done a post about souvenirs, which is sort of, uh, it's a new thing that geocaching.com has put out, and it's kind of like, it's just another version of icons. They're saying it's like, artwork or whatever for certain things so you find a certain cache or you go to a certain event and and I think they're going to get special people to create artwork so there might be somebody famous a famous artist oh, okay. that, that may create one for something specific okay that's kind of a cool idea you know so you get like a Picasso or something yeah <laughs> I uh, I thought it was kind of cool too because they I mean there was a post about from Jeremy saying that you know this wasn't meant to replace virtuals. It's just something different. And a lot of those, uh, a lot of those location apps like Foursquare and Gowalla, and they give you like badges for certain accomplishments and stuff. I'm trying to become mayor in Foursquare, but I don't remember. <laughs> I am the mayor of here, where I am tonight, yes. my house, and I'm the mayor at my work. Really? So, so. <laughs> but uh, I, I really like the idea of being able to get a souvenir. For things like somebody mentioned on one of the Groundspeak posts saying that, you know, maybe if you did uh, like 10 caches that hadn't been found in a year, you got a special souvenir icon for that. And I thought that's a kind of a cool idea because if that would sort of inspire people to find caches that hadn't been found for a while. Especially if you only get nine and everybody else has gotten nine. (laughs) There's no tenth one left for anybody. Yeah, so they're searching and searching and searching everywhere. Um... I was also telling you earlier about user voice. So, uh, did you ever use the? They had a, a feedback button that said, and it sent you to this get satisfaction page. Did you ever go to that? Did you ever see? I that? did, but I'm always satisfied. <laughs> You're always satisfied. Well, they had tried this 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 feedback system where you could vote on different comments and stuff for you know suggestions and that. And somebody actually went into the into that particular uh, into that particular feedback system, and because you can't. They couldn't tie it to your geocaching name. You could actually just register for an account outside of geocaching, but comment on geocaching suggestions. Okay. Some guy signed up with a rather vulgar name against Jeremy Irish. Oh, it was great. really nasty, and so it kind of brought up this controversy about the fact that you know you had these people basically spamming a, a board saying bad crap about Groundspeak, and they had yeah. no control over it. So. They came up with this new one, which is sort of the same thing, where you can go in, you can make suggestions, they'll vote on it. But the thing that I thought was really cool, and I was telling you, was that you can actually say, you know, I think this is a, a good idea, blah, 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 and then the folks from Groundspeak, including Jeremy, the CEO himself, will actually say, yep, yeah, we are planning on doing this, or we are not going to do this, and so on. Like, right now they have, uh, you know, the smallest size you can pick is micro, Yes. You know, they're planning. It says, somebody made the suggestion, create a size for nanos. And that one now is listed as planned. So yeah, you, I don't see why they never had that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, before the nanos existed, okay, sure. Yeah. But now it's, they're really common. You see them everywhere. So yeah. Just things like that. So that's kind of cool. Uh, the beacon attribute I'm going to talk about in a minute because we're going to talk about Garmin Chirp. But uh, something else new in the news. Geocaching tattoo icon. Yes, I forgot all about that. I know that there's at least I know of two that have it: a Hollaback girl down in Halifax and Inspector Gadget. Yes, they both submitted 
they have they've re- gotten a reply back saying we're we've got it we're working on the icon you'll get it within a week or so oh, uh, I haven't heard good. back if they've received it yet that's cool but, uh, there was a, a thread on the ACJ talking about it okay and Dragonflies put that up and it's funny because I've been talking about getting uh, a tattoo because my wife and daughter did and <laughs> I, I want to be part of the group I guess I want to fit in so maybe I'll go get my uh, my caching patch that I have, tra- trackable cacher. Okay. I might get that put on me somewhere. And you could, uh, and then you get an icon yeah. for that. that yeah. Maybe I'll get two, and some people I'll show one, and some people I'll show the other. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, you actually, with both of us, we had the opportunity to try Pigo, which was called yes. Where Pigo. Uh, for uh, for where I go caches, it's an actual where I go app for the iPhone, and uh, worked pretty good for you, didn't it? When we, we yeah, did it, it did. Uh, I started off with my BlackBerry finding Nemo Dai's new one that he put out. Yeah, and it was just slow. It was catching. It was catching and doing it, but it was so slow. And didn't want to waste time, and you threw me over your iPhone, and it was working quicker. Yeah, and uh, I've seen a lot of comments from uh, folks on the forums. Talking about the fact that it seems to be working B- pretty good. BB Pad used his. Yeah, he said it worked great, and yeah. it does work great. So. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that kind of opens the doors a little bit more on um, more people at least being able to yeah, play where exactly. I go. So, um, and the last thing that I had listed on our sort of geocaching news, unless you have anything else, was uh, Garmin announced today that they have officially discontinued the Garmin Oregon 200, 300, and 400 series GPSs, along with GPS map 70, 76C. Uh, they've been discontinued, which means you can't buy them anymore, and I don't know whether or not that means that you'll get any firmware updates for them. Um, probably not. Probably not, since they've been yeah. discontinu- discontinued. Whatever you have now is probably the last thing you're going to get, which is, is kind of unfortunate. But the one thing I do know is that if you had one of those older uh, Oregons, apparently the screens were awful. That, and I read, I've read that saying that yes. you, even in full backlight in the middle of the day, it's really hard to see the screen that's, on the That's an issue with a lot of touchscreen things. Yeah, it's true. Now, my 550, I noticed that it's not bad. Like, it's no, not, nowhere near like what I had on my, on my Legend uh, GPS. But uh, still, I mean, it's tolerable. I can deal with it. It just kills the battery awful fast. <laughs> yeah, it would, yeah. So... I'll stick with my Magellan till it breaks. <laughs> well, you've been doing, you said you were doing a lot of caching with your BlackBerry, I too. I my BlackBerry, too. Yeah, yeah, so. Actually, I found a cache yesterday with my iPhone, because I don't, I don't cache with the iPhone app very often. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, it had me at ground zero. And then I read the hint, and I'm like, I bet you it's over there. So I walked over to where the cache container was, looked down at my phone, and the phone said, you're 20 meters away from it. <laughs> I've been up to two meters with the BlackBerry. Really? Wow. Because I've read people say the iPhone 4 has way better accuracy, but in that particular situation, it, there was 20 meters off. That's, that's we've been, I've been amount. that way with my Magellan, too. Yeah. Some days it's just off. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, so some recent events that uh, went on, at least uh, this was in the, uh, the Moncton area and as well as around the province. Uh, we had a, an event called What About Where I Go, which I basically did a, a sort of workshop slash class about how Where I Go's work and building them and playing them, and we all went down in the parking lot and played oh. the little one. Yeah. So I put you on the spot. Have you uploaded your uh, PowerPoint display yet? No, I have not. Okay. <laughs> yes, I I know. I owe I owe yourself and I owe uh, the rest of the Cash Up New Brunswick readers the a copy of the PowerPoint because I had that all listed. Some of the ones who were there got it on paper. Yeah, there was yeah. not left when I got there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like to see it. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, you know, if I can remember to do that. Let me phone in and tell them. Oh, you can't phone. It's not a phone job. <laughs> now that would be something interesting. Uh, but one a really cool thing that came out of that event though was uh, Nemo Daidai was so inspired by the by what Where I Goes can do. He went out and within a week he had created a new one. He was very excited, but not too excited. <laughs> yes, not too excited, not, not not too much. But he at least got that one out, and it was really awesome of uh, of Tiger Tracker to archive mm. his his puzzle cache so that he wouldn't have to move his final. I thought yeah. that was a really nice thing to do. Um, well, the puzzle, like like Tiger Tracker said, the numbers that he used. Our old numbers now. Yeah. Because he used actual numbers at the time yeah. of, of geocaching finds. So that was nice. Yeah, yeah that was very cool. Uh, you had your puzzle burning event. Yes, we had. How many people? We must have had about oh, 
people-wise, probably 20. Yeah, I would say at least 20 people. And we burned a few puzzles, some twice. <laughs> but it was wet. Oh, we yeah. got soaked. Yeah, that but was... because I'm such a great scout leader, the fire was burning right. It burned for quite a while, and then it, it was funny, too, because it seemed like the rain would hit us, and then it would stop. And then it yeah. would hit us, and then it would stop. But it was a lot of fun. We had, a lot of people told stories. Yeah, that was very which cool. What I liked is they told a story of why they were burning that puzzle, <laughs> and some were solved, some were unsolved. So it was it was just a, little, a good bit of fun, and uh, I wish uh, more people could have come. I wish Ma and Pa would have been there because I've been razzing them so much, <laughs> and, and he's and he's dishing it right back at me. Yeah. It would have been a great time. Yeah, that that's that was that uh, was a good time. That, that was a good time. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, there was the 101010 event, which uh, was an attempt uh, for geocaching.com. They wanted to set a record for the most logged uh, logs on a single day, and I think they hit like 75,000 or something. I think it was 78 something. Was it 78? Yeah. 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 So uh, they did really well. And there was uh, there's definite events in the province. We had, I know there was a flash mob in St. John, which we had heard there was something yep. like 40 or 50 people there. Uh, Paul and Stacy did two events in Sackville. So yeah. I got. I went to the one in we the morning. Had the morning. coffee one yeah. at ten ten in the morning. Yeah, which was great, and that was a good turnout. Twenty-ish yeah. people, yeah, maybe. Not too bad. Not too bad. And then uh, we went out. Uh, I went to Paul's place for a while, and then we went and met one o'clock at the waterfowl park, and there was eight of us. Oh, okay. Mon Pa, the Shingnecto duo, um, myself and Paul, and then there was the crowd from. Um, Labrador City, and I can't remember, V-O-W-2-2. Okay. His wife and daughter were there. Okay. And uh, we just walked around a waterfowl park, and we did find some stuff. Not too much. It's a really nice, clean spot. Okay, cool. But I had never been there before. We all stopped and took a group picture at the Earth Cache, which oh, okay. belonged to Paul and Stacy. Oh, cool. So he gave us approval just to, to, to log it. Sweet. With, Sweet with the picture, a group yeah. picture. So I got a cache out of that. Well, that's there's nothing. And it was good. Then yeah. we came back into uh, Moncton that night. Yeah, we had the the flash mob at. Uh, I had the one downtown, which uh, another good crowd there. Yeah, considering the time of day. Yeah, it was a decent crowd and decent uh, decent little event. Best flash mob ever, as Zonker says. Yeah, <laughs> and it was it was there was somebody from Halifax, there was somebody from Labrador City, yeah, Fredericton, Saint John, Moncton, Sussex, Riverview, Dieppe. We had. Yeah, that was. Uh, you know, Inspector Gadget was down. Yeah, that's true. And the and the uh, VOW two two was actually staying right there at the hotel beside the park. Oh, at Rods. They, they, at Rods, they walked over <laughs> and then they went back. Nice, that's pretty cool. So yeah, that was good. Everything went well. Good. I gave away some some stuff that nothing spectacular, but some <laughs> stuff. Gave away your uh, your gum. Yes, lots <laughs> uh, of gum. Um. As far as recent caches, I just did a check there tonight. I, I haven't seen a lot of stuff co- popping up in Moncton lately. Moncton's Real been, quiet. Moncton's been really, really quiet. Maybe there's a the calm before the storm. I, I hear a rumor about a mass hide coming up soon, yeah. but that's about all I'll say about that. Um, but uh, I saw in the, the most recent caches published, at least as of today, which is, what are we, the 21st today? Yes, my wife and I's oh. anniversary is tomorrow, so. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um... Yeah, so I'd seen that Sandini pays, uh, placed a whole series of caches uh, right near the Trail of the Gods series that's out yep. there, and that's because uh, that's what Viking Forty Three, I think that's his? Viking Forty Three has yeah, that series. That series. Yeah. So he, had, I saw Sandini, approach. and they cache together with Viking quite quite often. Oh, do they? Yeah, nice okay. couple. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. At breakfasts. Uh, I saw Gray Beast. Seems to be the. He's a machine. He's awesome. <laughs> okay. Every time I seem to look in that the latest caches in New Brunswick, there's like tons of them. If he lived here in Moncton, he'd be really frustrated <laughs> with the lack of room. With the lack of room, because yeah. up there he's got so much space and he's using. It. Wow. Yeah, I, I I might have to make. But a he's trip. covering thirty, forty kilometers either side of Bathurst. Oh, really? He's so going everywhere. Quite a quite a distance. And he's finding them too. So he's not just hiding. With all the hiding he's doing, that'd be another good trip to make again next year. Because you guys did one up north, yeah. we could do another trip next year to Bathurst and probably all the ones that he's been hiding. Yeah, we could go up and do the rest. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, and I also saw that uh, near St. John, uh, cashier by the name of Cashers, perhaps Trail Cruisers, had put out a something called a Rhine Road Micro. I think it was was that the Halloween one. I can't remember. Anyway, there was there was a whole series of. Uh, of uh, micros, I think, placed out near St. John. So, looks like everywhere else in the province, <laughs> except for Moncton's, getting lots of hides. So. Yeah. One thing I, I noticed is missing this year, and this is probably going to be the first year that I probably could have gone, is Energizer Bunny and Fantastic Wizard. 
are not having oh, yeah. their Halloween uh, party, which yeah. is always a huge hit. I've seen the pictures, and every year they do it, something comes up and I can't go. Oh, and really? now they're not. They're actually on holidays right now. They're gone away. Oh, They've really stopped cashing. Yeah, and because I, I had heard that they that they had put a lot of time and effort they into do. their into their Halloween yeah. party uh, yeah. event, and now they're. I guess they just decided they've it's run its course and they're done. So. Yeah. Well, plus I th- well, I think they're getting married too, so maybe they're putting their time and effort into that. <laughs> well, they love to travel. Yeah, exactly. They're always gone places. So I uh, I put a couple of of sort of hot topics that we can kind of uh, address this this month. Um, we had talked at the last podcast. Podcast, podcast about different things we could talk about uh, during this, and uh, so one of the things that I think has been coming up seems a lot lately. Even we we're just talking about your puzzle burning, but on Cash Up New Brunswick, and I've seen it on uh, the ACJ, and I've seen it on the official forums. Uh, the whole sort of there's all kinds of I don't I don't want to use the word controversy, but there's all kinds of talk about puzzle caches and the sort of things you know like you know. Claiming fines without solving and all the the sort of things that go along with that, and I thought maybe we could uh, we have a little bit of a, a conversation, sort of about you know the the ups and downs of puzzles, because you know I don't hold anything back. I've said I can't stand puzzle caches, yet you know I've hidden my own, but I'm not one to typically go out and and actually solve them myself. I'm I'm someone that quite frankly I'll leech the coordinates off somebody else for the finals, and kind of like what Pa said about. Yeah. Buddy over in, in Gatineau that was pretty upset about, you know, or I don't know if it was him, but someone saying that it, it, it was kind of sad of, of putting out these micrologic puzzles and filling up areas, you know, and that kind of thing. Well, one issue he had was with the ratings. Oh, was he it? He was saying they're rated, some of them are rated difficulty four. Because Paul feels that this is a tough micrologic. Yeah. It could take you a few hours to solve. So he's rating the difficulty of the puzzle. Okay. Now, so the difficulty be of how hard it is to solve the puzzle, or that difficulty, how hard is it to find the cache? I see. Okay. Because you're rating the cache, not the puzzle on geocaching.com. Okay. So he was saying, I created a program, I punch it in, half a second later, I've got the coordinates. So it's not very hard for this guy. It's not hard for him. But maybe it took him two days to write that program. Yeah, that's true, too. But so, his issue is with his the ratings, and he's okay. upset with the ratings. So what's your take on it? Do you think that, I mean, as far as, we'll talk about that, the ra- the rating of the difficulty. Do you think that the, the difficulty should be high and low based on the only on the cash itself or what's involved to find the final as well? well? Maybe, and, and I'm looking here at this user voice thing, <laughs> that might be a thing where puzzles should have three ratings. Oh, I difficulty, see. Difficulty and terrain of the actual container, and how hard is this puzzle? Because you could look at a Sudoku, and some people can solve them no problem. Some yeah. people can't. Would that be a five? No. Could it be a two, maybe? What if it's one like uh, Zonker's Brain Bender, where you have to say, I'm thinking of a number between six and eight. <laughs> he made it so easy. that That's a one. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe there should be a third rating for puzzles. That's not a bad idea. And then you could filter out, I don't want to do hard puzzles, like... 1973. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That, that's not such a bad thing. So, so who am I? But, but I mean, that, that's one opinion. That's an exactly. opinion. I think it's a valid opinion. I think that's a think gr- uh, actually a really good idea in the fact that, you know, it's whether or not the, the, the difficulty, you know, which typically has, has represented outside of puzzle caches, has, has represented how hard is it to find the cache. Exactly. Right? That's typically what the difficulty's been about. But when you throw in the puzzle element to it, you know, one could say that, no, it's not, once you know what the coordinates are, it's easy to find. I mean, most, like, going back to the, the micrologics, are all very easy. they're all very easy in to find. uninteresting places. Yeah, and, and, and Mom and Pa have said that, yeah. but the, the fact is, is that still, in order to get those finals, if you do the puzzle, mm-hmm. there's, the process is still difficult. I mean, there's still a process, or it's the, the, the puzzle itself could be easy, it could be hard, so one could say that you know, if it's rated four as the actual difficulty on geocaching.com, that's still true because, you know, in order to actually get the coordinates, you have to do all of this stuff, and it's that stuff that they're, they're sort of rating, I guess. Yeah, that's why I think there should be a third one there. Yeah, a third one. Because I, when you, to me, the terrain and difficulty are finding the cache. The container itself. Right. Yeah. And what you have to do before that really is irrelevant. 
Yeah. I don't know. I I I, th- I think there's a case to be made for both. I think. I think so too. Didn't the, fa- didn't the phone ring the last time? No, I'm... my BlackBerry. Your BlackBerry <laughs> was ringing, which that. reminds me. <laughs> so yeah. So let's and again another another issue I have with puzzles, is, and puzzles in general is they tie up space that nobody if you don't solve it. And it happened to Nemo this last week or two yeah. Weeks. He <laughs> had no idea that puzzle was there. He was 130 meters away. Tiger Tracker graciously archived it. But if you don't know that... And you don't know the... Or you don't even know the cacher. The cacher's not as yeah. friendly as someone like Tiger Tracker. Yeah, there's, there's puzzles out there by people who don't cache anymore. Yeah. And if you don't know where they are, you're, you're not going to find well, you them. you do, yeah. I think there's, there is a... I think there's a big thing to be said about the fact that, you know, it's... The puzzle caches that exist... I mean, I'm not somebody that does very many puzzle caches to solve. You know, if I have the yeah. coordinates, sure, I'll go find it. But that's a... Another thing we can talk about, but I think there is a valid thing to say that there's not a very good system for advising someone who wants to publish a cache and knowing, you know, hey, am I am I within a certain area? Like I've always sort of used the rule that if I look on the map, right, and I think, okay, well this is this is the area I want to go, and then I look on the geocaching map, and do I see within like three, four kilometers of that area, is there a question mark on the map? That's really the only thing that I've ever used. And that's a really poor way to know because if I spend a lot of time working on a particular cache and I really want to use this one particular location, just to turn around and find out, oh, well, you can't because there's a cache here. The same thing almost applies on a multi. If you hide a multi, if you uh, want to hide a cache, you don't know all the stages of the multi either. So at least with a multi, it's easy enough to just go and do it. But with puzzles, yeah. you might not be able to solve it. So I had mentioned, I think I'd mentioned it in writing on Cash of NB, but uh, if there was a way where the, us, because I know the reviewers have this program, they punch in coordinates, it gives them a red circle on their map. Oh, it does it? not touching another red circle, they approve it. Oh, That's okay. what I was told. Okay. I wish there was a way that we could plug in coordinates and just we'd come back with a yes or no. That's good. That's not good. Yeah, it doesn't give us. It doesn't tell us where the puzzle is. It just says yes or no. You don't know which one it is. You don't know where it is. It's just these coordinates are good. Go ahead and hide your cache, hmm. and it would save a lot of time. I can't see it being that difficult. It's just a mathematical equation at the yeah. end. Yeah, and have a, a spot where you can go test. Now, somebody wants to cheat and start punching in a bunch of coordinates to try to narrow something down. Well, that's 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 what I was going to say. The and deal. I, I I think that's where where the 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 Ground speaks argument would come in and they but would the say. But the pros outweigh the cons, I think. I think you're right. I think that the the idea of having and the idea of it just being yes or no, valid, not valid. I think that's yeah. a, a good way to say. Look, here's the coordinates I want to use, and it validates it against whatever's around that area within the 161 meter range. And Bob's your uncle. You're done. I'm sure they could do that. Yeah, it's I, not that hard. To I do. don't think that would be very difficult to do at all. Considering that they're doing it now, but only the reviewers can do it. Yeah, exactly. But the reviewers can do it. Just give not the power to us, but yeah, some other functionality. Yeah, and, and the reviewers will then know when a cache comes up. Nine times out of ten, it's probably going to be okay because they probably checked it first. Yeah, I mean they're still going to do what they do, but I mean, and they, they'd have to check to make sure that it doesn't break, break any of the other guidelines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but at least the one hundred and sixty-one meter guideline would not be an issue for them anymore. Yeah, because I know that I went to hide. I went to hide a cache here in Riverview, and this was like two years ago, I think. And, uh, you know, I had a perfect spot, nice tree, everything was set, and I really, really liked the location, great view, everything was fine. And then I submitted it, and yeah, it came back as, you know, oh, well, there was a multi in the area, which incidentally hadn't been found in like a, in, in six months or something. The container had been reported missing, and it got archived like a year later. So it's, you know... I, I didn't end up hiding the cash anyway. I, I I left it or whatever. But yeah, it would definitely be nice to to know that so that whether it's a puzzle or something, even where I goes or anything like that, that you don't know where there's something you can uh, you can talk about that. So uh, anyway, um, the other thing that uh, we're talking about was the logging finds without actually solving a puzzle. And so this this just came up on Cash Up New Brunswick recently, yep. where Pa was talking about you know he doesn't care he he's perfectly fine if you don't yeah. solve the puzzle and I think that I don't know that my case I'm the same way like yeah, mo- most of the puzzles I have 
Most of the puzzles, I'm okay if you go find the, the container through whatever means. You go through a friend, you go through whatever. You know, like my 1973, I would like people to know, to try and figure that out. But I also know that that, that particular puzzle is a difficult puzzle to figure out. So if someone's, someone gets it just by going with somebody else or they figure it out through... I haven't had many finds on it lately. I have not had... Because all the people who really wanted to find it <laughs> have found it. Yeah, and, that, that and the people who don't care... Are not going to go find yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and eventually people will get the word out. Oh, do this, and that's fine. Then now your cash is getting found. Yeah, exactly. Which is ultimately you've proven your your you you've mastered it. You've beat us. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but um, but I had no issue with that, and, and I don't think too many people do. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think there's very many. And people you can keep your mouth shut about it in your log. Just say I found it. And you don't have to tell Yeah, anybody. that's true, too. You know, and some people brag, I found it without solving it, or I went with these people. Yeah. And most cachers wouldn't delete that, because I've found caches in groups, puzzles in groups, before. and I, I'm, no one's ever complained. If you really, really wanted to be kind of mean about it, I mean, a cache owner can't delete a log if you've signed the physical log. They don't have, like... I was yeah. reading about this on the Ground Speed yep. forums where they were saying, you know, the only requirement they have to log it online is to sign the physical log. So whether you solve the puzzle or not, the, the cash owner technically does not have the right to delete your log. But there's, at least within the, the New Brunswick community of cashers that I've dealt yep. with and I've met, there's very, I don't know of anyone, or I know of very, very few cashers that would do something like that. It all tends to be, you know what, it doesn't really matter kind of thing. So... Uh, one thing that, uh, outside of puzzles, while I'm thinking about it, I know this is totally uh, totally derailing our, our puzzle conversation, but I, I didn't talk about it in the uh, I didn't talk about it in the geocaching news. I kind of tabled it. it. Was the Garmin chirp? I wanted to, to talk about this. We can this, bring it up now. The uh, we're in charge. Yes, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Um, I bought one. It'll be delivered tomorrow. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> if we were doing this cash, this podcast tomorrow night, I would have it in my hand. So, but uh, yeah, when when uh, I subscribe on Twitter, I follow a guy by his name's GPS Fix, and he always has stuff from Garmin. He's always like yeah. latest stuff on Garmin and GPS I, news. I, and all I, that. I get uh, retweets from ACJ from him. Oh, yeah, probably. They yeah, retweet him. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, anyway, uh, the Garmin chirp. Is a uh, it's only like I think it's like an inch and a half by inch. It's just this tiny, tiny little I don't know bug or block, a little. It's a little clip almost, and you can stick it anywhere you want, and you program it with your GPS. So there's certain Garmin GPSs that you can program this data into, and the idea being that when you if you have a compatible GPS, you walk by this within I think the max range is like thirty to forty feet. Yeah. Right. It will. Your GPS will pop up, and a message will come up, and it'll download information from the chirp. So it'll tell you, oh, well, here, you've reached this. And whatever the owner of the chirp wants to say can have it pop up on the GPS. Would you have to install software on your GPS, or is it already built in? You have to update the firmware on the GPS to the latest version of your firmware. To get, to get the chirp app. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, you go, if you go into... Uh, like I put it on my on my Oregon with a, an iPhone app for it. Well, the, this was this was the thing that was was the issue was that they they released this chirp. I think it was last week. It came out, and there's a store in the U.S. REI. I've never heard of it, but people were buying these. They're flying off the shelves. People were all excited because Garmin released them specifically for geocachers because they thought it'd be great for geocachers, yeah. different and adding an element to the game. People started listing their caches with chirps on them, and all the reviewers were denying every one of them. And they were putting on. They were putting the attribute needs special equipment because you have to have a Garmin yes. unit, and you, you have to be able to read this this chirp. Yeah. And the reviewers were told to deny all the listings unless the cache listing listed an alternative way to get the information that the chirp would give you. So you can either use the chirp or you can use X, whatever X is. Okay. Right. The reason why they were saying it is they were saying because there's only one company that can read a chirp device, and that's Garmin. So basically, if you list a cache that says you have to use Chirp, you're telling them, oh, well, you have to go buy this Garmin device. And it was being denied because of the commercial the commercial aspect. So people were saying, because the iPhone, the same technology that is in the Garmin, you can yeah. use in the iPhone. So they're thinking somebody from iPhone is going to 
somebody out there will write an app that will read it. Sure. And, and they'll probably have to pay royalty to, to Garmin. Well, the like if you download the app for three bucks, a dollar goes to Garmin. Well, the thing is, though, the protocol apparently that's used by this this yep. thing is an open protocol. It's not proprietary to Garmin. So okay. somebody could probably reverse engineer how it works. Somebody and, will, and, and it's not it, already done. Yeah, and it will it'll end up on the iPhone and Android and BlackBerry and blah blah blah. But I thought it was a pretty cool idea, and the price is not bad. It was twenty two dollars for the for the yeah. one little chirp, and I think it's really cool. I, I think it's a really neat idea. I'm walking along somewhere, and poof, my GPS all of a sudden changes and gives me information, and you can't you can't sort of st- like if you steal them, they're totally useless. Because only the the GPS that programmed it can wipe it. So if I program it and you steal my chirp, it is totally useless to you. You can't wipe it. You can't factory reset it. Only the original. They have to do that, otherwise people would be stealing. Them. Well, yeah, exactly. And you you can put a password. You can do a bunch of things. But I thought that was a really really cool idea. So I'm 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 waiting for well, mine to come in. If you think you know who stole it, you could try by their house and wait and see. <laughs> and that's true. That's true. You could bring this to an event. And, and oh. in your pocket, and as you're walking through, people's GPSs will start. And you could that you could, is a cool you could idea. You put secret messages on it to people <laughs> while you're walking around the event. That would I, that is a really cool idea. That would be fun. Yeah, because you could put any any anything you want on it. It's good. We could start a private joke against the Magellan owners, <laughs> and only the Garmin owners would know all about it. And say, oh, that would be funny. Sort of like the improv everywhere you see on, on the yeah, internet. Yeah, I've seen that. Nobody talked to the Magellan owners for the next <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> that, that's an interesting idea. Use it at an event. Because, yeah, the battery apparently is good for a year. There's an event coming up, too. You could have it prepared. I could try Bring that. it to the coffee event and see how it works. And say, yeah, look, you know, if you've got a compatible GPS. When you walk in the door, everybody's GPS will shout and sing, Zor is here. <laughs> what Beep, an beep, They all start beeping. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. Okay, it's enough on that because I could go on forever. Yeah, that, that, it's, it's a cool idea. Anyway, I, just, I wanted to bring it up because it is something new. And regardless, now, the last thing I'll mention about it was the fact that they... Uh, Groundspeak added a new attribute. Yeah. So there's a new attribute called Beacon or Wireless yes. Beacon. And if you want to have a cache that uses the Garmin Chirp, it has to have that on it. And if it can only use the Garmin Chirp, like there's no yes. other uh, way, it has to be listed as a puzzle cache. So if you want to have the Chirp in a traditional, a multi, whatever, okay. you have to have an alternate means to to get the information from the Chirp. Like you have to have maybe another clue or something else. Maybe that's why they made Where I Goes on a separate place. Maybe there should be chirp.com. You know what? I, I, the difference with is that where I go is trademarked to, to uh, Groundspeak. They own right. the trademark. They own it. And right. they license the technology to okay. Garmin. So it's a different, it sort of goes backwards with where I go. Because a lot of people are saying the same thing. Where I go only works with Garmin units. Yeah. But even when they did it the first time, you could use a, a pocket PC. So you still had a yes, Windows platform right. and Garmin, so there was multiple things to do. So anyway, that that was I wanted to mention cool. the Garmin shirt because um, when I get mine tomorrow, I'll probably have my GPS at work on my break there, and I'll I'll be playing with it to see what I can do with it. On your and, break, uh, yes, yes. I'll, uh, hey, I'm busy these days at work for a change. <laughs> so um, month's topics. Uh, we did the Dobson Trail. We did uh, an 11k a section, section of the yes. Dobson Trail there a couple uh, probably about two three weeks ago. Yep. Was a whole bunch of us. I did a post, and you shot some video. That uh, that was a really good day. Really good, uh, oh, good yeah, hiking it, day. It was a great day. Lots of, uh, I think everybody had a great time. I think good it was crowd. A really, a really good crowd. Really, really good crowd. Some people I haven't hiked with before. Me too. Yeah, so that was nice. See Martello and, and Ted Agusher. I've I've seen them, but I've never you know, done anything. Yeah. Caching and, and Nemo Dai both came out. Yeah, both him and her, and, the, and, the pair. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a really really good hike, and, and you got some really good footage. I, I was very happy yeah, with what came yeah. out. I'm hoping so, to improve. Yeah. Well, I uh, yeah I was I was happy. We'll start doing some direction next time. I get people to do specific things. We'll we'll start dancing and do a little uh, sing along yeah. number. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, last uh, last topic I wanted to bring up was basically talking about numbers and uh, power trails, um, and I only thought of this because Mark and Jeff are out yes. on ET Highway this week, and as of today, they haven't logged any yet. But no. I think I think they're going to do a mass logging when they get home, because I, 
instead of seeing the numbers trickle in, I think they want to wham and hit us with <laughs> 1,500 fines in a week. Yeah, because you had also posted the, uh, the new world record. And I'm assuming well, it's supposedly, supposedly the world it's in the listings. That the last group, to, well, one of the last groups to find it said they found 1,021 in 12 hours. Was that the Ventura kids? Was that No. Was it no, that was, they were the first ones to claim a so-called record. Okay. This is another uh, group of cashers, and I don't know how they did it. I don't know how do you find almost 100 cashers an hour. Well, what I saw was the post I saw on Groundspeak was from the Ventura kids, yeah. and they claimed, I don't know what the number was, yeah. but they had claimed they had set the new record or whatever, and they were saying that they got a find every 90 seconds on that road. Yeah, like every ninety, a minute and thirty six seconds, I think. So how many is that an hour? Forty, forty five. Yes, I don't know what the. But these people are found over a thousand in twelve hours. That's approaching seventy five, ninety in an hour. In an hour, wow. I think somebody did the math. Forty some seconds per find. See, there's no, there's no way, much. there's no way. Like, and I looked. At, one of the threads had. Uh, not if you're stopping pitch. one at a time. If you've got multiple yeah. people leapfrogging and you call it a group, yeah, that, but that's it's not the same. No, it's not the same. But I saw part of the trail, and you know, uh, Mark, Irene, and, and Seppi can give us the lowdown when we hear from them. But uh, it seemed almost like steel poles with the, the stuff in the top. So it's literally pull to the side, grab it, stick the sticker on, and stick it back. So it's it's it apparently at least for a lot of them it is very very quick to hit them and most you can see from the road but still i mean that stopping and starting and stopping and starting that's that's crazy that's that's a lot of especially in the heat of nevada desert <laughs> absolutely so coming back to that that's that's kind of what i was wanted to talk a little bit about was i know that there's a there's a lot of discussion between I guess you would call them traditional cachers yeah. and sort of newer cachers or maybe not even so much newer but some newer cashers about the the whole numbers game you know caching specifically to try and get your numbers up to a high count because you see your count is a score that's the way i've always interpreted the yeah. numbers game that the find yeah. it count is is a score it is. and i i don't know i i my my take on the whole the whole numbers game everybody plays geocaching different everybody has their own yeah. way of playing i mean i've got 2,200 and some fines, but I'm not obsessed with getting 10,000, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not chasing down Jim's door any day now with the, the amount of fines I I'm have. I'm hoping geocaching is still around when I find 10,000, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even up to two yet, Yeah, and almost. And, and that's the thing though, like some people, it really seems like that's a big focus, like I, mm. you know, it, that's what drives them is to get more and more and more and more, and I... I I don't get that myself. That that's not something I, I totally understand. But I wish I had time to get more because I do enjoy it. But I, I I think for some people that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. And it some people it bothers and some people it doesn't. You think that that the folks that are in it for the numbers do you think they they hamper the sport in any capacity? Like that they, they no, they're a detriment think. in any fashion? I don't think so. Because I know that, like, for myself, it, do, it doesn't bother me in any way. If somebody wants to, yeah, you know, go for numbers, that's, they can go for numbers. I mean, the, the ET Highway is a prime example of it. That's what it's there for, is yeah. for you to rack up your numbers. But, you know, some of the stuff that I was reading saying, you know, well, these people that are going for numbers, they're not paying, paying much attention to the containers themselves because they're in such a rush to, to get the stuff out and sign the log and they might not put the covers back on or they might, you know, not hang it properly yep. or they, there's a big rush on that so that a lot of the time and effort put into quality caches gets lost because of people that are in such a rush to try and hit. I, I know what it's like to go on a, on a power raid on a day to yep. want to get as many as I can, but I still take the time to... But you know when somebody hides 40 caches down a dirt road, they hit them for a reason... Yeah. For people who want to go and find 40 caches quick. Yeah. Somebody who goes out and hides a cache that takes two kilometers to knows that it's only going to be the few that just want to go get that cache. Yeah, that's true too. So you make your caches and you put in as much effort into it as you think is required. That's, you know, actually that's something I never thought of because if you put out a series for the specific purpose of racking your numbers up, yeah. then you probably have to accept the the idea that... or that 
those caches may come under disrepair much faster than caches that are either way isolated or not hit as often. So I'm not going to sit down at home and design this beautiful container and put all this camouflage tape or paint it or put a lot of work into it if I'm going to be putting out 50 of them on the road. Yeah, that's... That's, that's where you put out 50 uh, micros or you put out just a simple container. Yeah. Nothing expensive, nothing cheap. Yeah. Um, because you know that's what people are doing. Yeah. It's out for that reason. Yeah, that's true. But if I'm going back and putting in one that's special, I'm going to make sure that it's a, a decent... I just bought an ammo can tonight. Oh, did I you? I bought one in a long time. <laughs> I, bought it, I was at Princess Auto and I saw one. I Is saw it the one. green ones or the blue ones? The blue ones are awful. The, that's what I have and they're like... Eh, the seals are gone on them. They have some really nice green ones that are on sale. I think I may have gotten the last 30. Oh, yeah? But there was a lot of 50s and they were in, they were in good shape and they're on for eight ninety nine, I believe. And they're the good 50s? They're the good 50s. Nice oh. paint job, not too rusty. I might have to go check those out because yeah. I, I bought four of the blue ones because they were cheap. And I'm like, they're, these aren't, they're not fantastic containers. Like they, no. they, they don't have the rubber seal on them, but they were... And then I bought a, a nice 30. Yeah. I think I was telling you about this, right? Because yeah. the, the blue ones were like 8 bucks, and the 30 cal ones were 15 And I'm like, oh, I paid eight ninety. I think it was $8.99 I paid for it tonight. Really? And it was a nice, clean one. I will have to check that out because there's nothing like a good ammo can. I mean, those are they're awesome containers. You feel good hiding one of them. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. feel really bad when it's stolen. And, <laughs> and the other thing, too, is, is that you don't... Uh, the maintenance on an ammo can is virtually nil. Exactly, my my yeah. Stony Creek series there, the Aveo Adventure one, is... Yeah. It's all 50 cal ammo cans. I've never had to go out there because they're solid. They'll yeah. they'll never fall apart. So, um, but yeah, the numbers game we're talking about. Yeah. So I have no issues with. That. I think some people cash like Jim because he just it's in his blood. Yeah, I agree absolutely. And, and a lot of those like the two gypsies with no moss between their toes. They're they're up over ten thousand, I believe. Now. Yeah, I think they are, and uh, they just love it. Yeah, and they're a nice couple. They get out and and they go together. Good thing for them. Yeah, but then there's teams that are out there, and they're not necessarily a, a couple or an individual, and they're cashing as a team, and then to each their own. Yeah, but they, as far as I'm concerned, they better not come back using their numbers for anything because it's not true numbers if not. Yeah, and I think that, and I think that's sort of the and that's been discussed. Yeah, and I think that that gets into this sort of, which is a great topic maybe for another podcast. The whole idea of cheating, you know, like that, that what what people define as cheating in geocaching, if there even is such a thing as cheating, yeah. you know, where two people cache on different parts of a say an island, but they both claim each other's finds, things like that, and claiming finds on caches you never really found, and and stuff like that. So. Yeah, definitely the the numbers, the numbers are reflected by that. But the other th side to that story too is the fact that folks that do that, people know they, they likely have the reputation. People know that okay, well, I see that John Doe has thirty thousand fines, but I also know that you know it's him and his wife that cash, and they'll log fines under the same account. So you look at that, and you could go, well, that that number, his real fines that he's actually found is probably half of that number. Yeah. You know, I know myself. My 2200 or my 2200, I have found every one of those with a group, you know, somewhere with a group, yeah. but I have been to every single one of those caches. The and same way. Even, even cache, when I've done lo uh, large amounts of logging and I've logged the same one multiple times by accident, I've gone through and deleted my logs and stuff like that. So, but yeah. That was and, and on, and on the, this is somewhat related to the numbers thing, lately there's been a lot of issues with the iPhones doing multiple logs. I read that, yeah. Was, um, Don Halifax, uh, the Arsenal Quartet, I think he mentioned, he was having a hard time. It kept rejecting it. When he got home to log it, it had logged it seven times. So every time he attempted, it went through, but it uh, it didn't register on his phone. Has gone. Through. Wow. See, I just had someone do a double log on mine, and it was his iPhone. He blamed his iPhone. Really? See, I can't. I don't do any. I never post a log from my phone, no, I, I will always do field note. I'll yeah. always send a field note. Yeah. And field notes haven't worked on my iPhone for months. I, I use field send. notes on my Blackberry. And I have logged the if I'm out somewhere for lunch and I find one. Yeah. I might sit down and type up a log by Blackberry and send it. But I go straight to geocaching.com and log it. Yeah. 
I don't use an app. I go right to the actual. Yeah, I, I. It's very, very rare. I'll ever do a real log from yeah. my phone. I always prefer to log from the website because I, I don't like necessarily like typing a long message on my phone. So. Yeah. So. And there were some people like, for getting upset because when you send it from your iPhone, it says on your log, "This log was sent from my iPhone." Oh, does someone really? What if pe- people feel the need to brag that they sent it from their iPhone? <laughs> well, they're not bragging. It's an automatic message that pops up. Nice. Just like if you send an email from yeah. your iPhone, sent from my iPhone. Yeah. Sent from my BlackBerry. Sent from my iPod. It, I don't know if you can remove it or not. Well, I know the the email thing you can. I don't know yeah. about the geo. So I think it's just it's automatically there. I've, well, I've never posted a log for my iPhone, so I've never seen it, that. It message. will say it does say that. So. Really, that's 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 interesting. Yeah. Uh, so wrapping up, the last thing that uh, we're going to talk about. How long we've we been we've been gabbing here, anyway? Let's see. Oh, forty-five minutes. Wow, we've been really going at it here, haven't we? Uh, upcoming events. So we have the typical Tri City breakfast events. I noticed that there's you know the three Fredericton, St. John, and is ours this Sunday? Uh, no, no, because Halloween lands on a Sunday. Is he doing it on Halloween? Yeah, he's doing it on Halloween. Because okay. he, I, I think he called, I listed. Yeah, it said spooky Christmas. Those that come in costume get a prize or something. Spooky breakfast. Spook, sorry, spooky. Yeah, spooky Christmas. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> spooky breakfast. Yes. So I might wear, I might uh, show up and wear my, my big slippers. That's my costume if I go outside anywhere. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I know that uh, Fredericton's doing the breakfast brunch thing. I and don't they would be this weekend. I think they're the weekend ahead of us. Yeah, I think they are. St. John would have been this weekend past. I'm not sure, but I know we're all separate yeah, on purpose. But I, I know, uh, I was going to mention, I don't think Fredericton's found a permanent home for their No, breakfast. they're moving around. Yeah, because... Uh, Jeeves. Jeeves. Jeeves was gone. Yeah. Yes. And the one we went to, they were not happy with. <laughs> no, it wasn't very good. So Food was fine, but... Uh, the MGA is doing a bonfire in a couple of weeks. I'm not too sure. It's like past Shediac somewhere. I don't know much about that, but uh, what do you call it? Guy, Guy Fox? Guy Fox night. night. Yeah, I lived in Newfoundland 10 years. I know what that's oh, all about. Oh, you know what that's all about? So yeah. They burn everything. If you don't want it, throw it in the fire. <laughs> really? Make it as big as possible. Nice. Okay. Um, I don't know how many people he'll get out. Hopefully, you know. Yeah, hopefully it gets a decent crowd. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, have a big fire. There's nothing better than a big fire. Especially now the cooler weather's coming, so good old good old yeah. bonfire's real good. The only thing hurting him is he's a little bit out of town, and that does tend to keep people from going. Yeah. Sometimes, I, mean, I know he worked really hard to find a place around here, because he was asking. Oh, was he? He couldn't find anything here, nearby, really? where he could do it. Yeah, because you'd want something... For, uh, for, it sounds like for that that kind of fire, you want a, a big, big open yeah. space. You, you run into issues with the, the Friday breakfast. So. And uh, your coffee night. You're doing a coffee night at Damascus. Yes. Now, how convenient. My uh, daughter works there now. Okay. I talk to the owner. They're closed every weekend, but Thursday, uh, every weekend night, but Thursdays. So I asked them about it. I said, could we have a geocaching event here from 7 to 9? And... Um, We'll, everyone's going to buy coffee and, and buy cookies and donuts and whatever they have there. No donuts. They're not like Tim Hortons. They have pastries. Pastries, okay. And um, for two hours, and they'll just be us in there. Oh, that's and cool. my daughter's going to work for it. She agreed to work for free for, from him, but we have to tip her. Well, I think she we, said, can, we can do that. He said she'll work for tips. She'll work for tips. So I'm hoping we can fill the place. It'll hold. 30, 40 people easily. That would be cool. That would and be it's nice. all ours, and it's nice. It's a wonderful spot to sit and have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Well, you go there quite a bit. Yeah, I was just there an hour ago. I got a coffee sitting right here for me. Oh, <laughs> true enough. And um, we have Wi-Fi. I like to recommend everyone to bring their laptops, if they want. Yeah. And we have internet access, and I might bring a projector, and we might be able to do some little mini discussions and workshops and, and stuff like that. And we have two hours to kill, and yeah, it's always fun to call up geocaching.com and... You know, or, or GSAC or Any, something. Yeah, the tool of the day. If somebody wants to look at where I go, or we, we can explain how to go get the cartridge. Yeah, things like that. I recently had somebody do my uh, Red Trail tour, and they said, we got to the end, and it says, thanks for doing it, it's all done, and it was over. And we were standing <laughs> there saying, where's the cache? Oh. They didn't realize the cache was in the middle. Oh, okay. They had already found it, so I sent them an email explaining it. Now, they didn't answer me, so I guess they... The other part of the group that was with them, it was the cookers and the caching ninjas. The caching ninja says, thanks for the where I go, we found the cache along the way. So they oh. realized that the where I go actual cache 
was halfway through the door. Oh. <laughs> and the other ones got to the end thinking that there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> there wasn't. There was no pot of gold. No pot of gold. That cache has recently been um, replaced. It was broken. Oh, was and it? Nemo replaced it for me. Oh, that's now cool. an ammo can. Wow, okay, so, cool. Still, still the same spot, same spot. That, right near that turn? Yeah. Cool. So, Excellent. So, uh, yeah, so everybody come out for the coffee, please. If we get a good crowd and the owner makes a, a few dollars and we have our own private function with great food, a great place, we could turn it into a monthly event. That would be very cool. I think that would be a great thing. And we were talking earlier that uh, we might do some little mini interviews for the November podcast. You know, anybody that wants to kind of talk or have something, maybe we could come up with a couple topics or just, you know, hey, who are you? Tell us a little about yourself, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh Maybe a uh, short video of, of just no interviews, just of people there, and you can wave to the yeah. camera and just to put some more um, media on Cash Up NB. Yeah. Which lately has been doing very well. There's a lot of new topics, good topics. Yeah. Three, like, four days in a row we had new posts. Yeah, bang, bang, bang. In the last week or so, it's really been. Yep, and getting some comments. It's, it's still the same people that comment. But yeah. There's, there's, there's always the lurkers that are reading. Well, and I think, you know, I always sort of said that. You know, it really is about news and, and just different things to talk about in the world of geocaching as it applies to New Brunswick. So, yeah, you, have, you, you typically have the same, the same commenters, and it's not like New Brunswick is... the new, I shouldn't say... How can I put this? It's not like, you know, you're going to a technology site or a sports site where yeah. the audience is far larger. You know, we're, we're specifically... For geocachers, that alone reduces the amount of people... Um, and for New Brunswick, that's our focus. Not that nobody outside of New Brunswick can't come to the site, but that tends to be our focus. I mean, I noticed uh, the Lost Geek. I yes, noticed Brian. him. I noticed him popping up, and, and you know, he's. Yes. I don't think he's from New Brunswick, is he? No, Halifax. Halifax. Yeah. So I mean, it's nice to see some other people from from other provinces. And for those here. who don't know, he owns the Three Geeks. Yes, store. that's right. Yeah. Which reminds me, there's a new store, First to Find Geocaching. It's called. It's an online store. And they're based on Truro. Ah, uh, yes. I think actually I I had gotten an email from them because he said he wanted to know if we were if we did uh, events. Yes. Yeah, and uh, first to find geocaching online, maybe. Yeah, that's what it's something like that. I think I think we have a link under and, vendors. Yes, and we should mention that we added a new vendor as well. Uh, yeah, caching containers. Caching containers. They're from Abbotsford, uh, BC. They. Uh, I had actually used some of their images in one of my posts, and the guy contacted me, and we had a little bit of a, you know, banter back and forth. Real nice guy, and he actually sent me some stuff. He sent me uh, a nano and a bison tube with spare logs. They had the logs in them and spare logs to go along with it. So, you know, nice, uh, nice shout out to uh, to him about the, that. Really, really cool. So, uh, yeah, ftfcashcontainers.com. So, yeah, but the site seems to be doing quite well, and I mentioned, you know, we're we're up over. Like seven, almost seven hundred fifty comments, like two hundred fifty posts of various kinds. But it's not about the numbers. No, it's no, it's not about the numbers. <laughs> but you know what? It is nice to sort of see, like you know, yeah. seven, eight months, whatever we are now, that we've already sort of we're starting to see an increase. I look on the graph actually of of the amount of traffic we see, and it's we see generally between a fifteen and twenty percent increase in traffic every month since we started. So even at 15%, I mean, I'm not a numbers guy as far as yeah. I, I don't really care, you know. It is what it is. People visit, they visit. Yeah. That's, But it is nice to see that, that that number seems to be growing. So that's that's pretty cool. I'm pretty happy about that. So Always open to suggestions. Anybody has any suggestions, things they'd like to see? I threw something out on, on the shout box yesterday. There's a short notice about tonight. Uh, nobody really came back except for Nemo. Yeah. Just Keep the excitement level down. Yeah, I would love to have other people, you know, join in on the on the podcast. If you, you know, if you're interested and you kind of want to contribute your your own view to the next one or any of them, just you it's know. not hard. But I'm I'm a natural talker because <laughs> I, I I asked Zonker and he went eek. I don't know if I would know what to say, <laughs> and I find that hard to believe. It's from Zonker. <laughs> well, and I think though some people are a little intimidated to know that other people are going to listen to what they have to say. I, li- I listen to myself. I put the podcast Did on Did you my finally truck, listen to it? Yeah. I listened to it. And, yeah. Uh, no, it sounds good. It doesn't sound like we're in a professional recording studio. <laughs> no. But we're not. No, we're sitting here in my office with my iPhone and recorder sitting on a little table. You're in a Papazon chair and I'm in my cha- uh, cozy office chair. So there's nothing, nothing spectacular, but, you know, at least a little conversation. Uh, last event, while we're, before we kind of 
close up. Uh, Paul announced this week the ice walk for February. Of course, you know, I didn't write the actual date down. February 5th. February 5th. Well, there you go. Thank you. So, February 5th, the uh, the infamous ice walk from Mom Pa's place to Shediac Island, or you can do Cocan Island. He did mention that a bunch of the caches in Cocan were going to go poof before the end of the year, so if we wanted to get it. Do you know if he's talking about the actual caches on the island, or just in the area? I, I think he wants to have more than just the island. Okay. Because a lot of the cachers have the island done, okay. or both islands done, so yeah. he is saying... There's other caches around. There's lots of, of, of caches in the area. Okay. So you don't have to walk out to the island, and you don't have to find a single cache. You can come to the event. Yeah, just go to... Which is the best part. Last year, I didn't leave his house. <laughs> See, last year, I got all the new ones, all the new ones, and there's four left on Shediac Island that I don't have, and I would really like to get those four, but the other side to it is I've never done any of them on Cocan Island. So, you know, if... If I could get over there now, I might go and get them. So, <laughs> well, there's the, there's always the option of going over there in January. Yes, that's true. Like, on your own, yeah, it really isn't that far. And you can take a shorter route. There is a, sh- a much shorter route to get there to Cocan Island. No, no, Cocan Island is a hundred meters. Oh, from, from the, the sh- beach, you're on the island. Oh, okay, it's really okay. close. Yeah, but there's a. For Mont Paz, it's a couple of kilometers, but there's a spot where it's only about a half a kilometer across. Oh, the... Close to ta- Skull Island. Are you talking about uh, Edgewater? Edgewater, yeah. Yeah, that's where I crossed last year. Yeah, so yeah so. and that wasn't, that wasn't bad. That was, that was way easier than crossing from Mont Paz, because that was brutal. The problem is, is that the four that I don't have are on the other end. Yeah. They're on the exact opposite end of where I would be if I crossed on Edgewater. I don't so, have the new ones that were replaced last year, so I have, uh, okay. I have half a dozen all scattered. Okay, yeah, see, I just have the last four. The, the last four on the island that I couldn't get the year before because I was dead. <laughs> so, Before we close, somebody has logged a fine on the International Space Station. I cabin. saw that. I saw that just the other day. Somebody but he's, he's, he's logging like a it picture as, or something? I, he has his picture taken in the, in the International Space Station in front of that locker, but it was before it was a geocache. Oh, that's what the story so is. So he posted okay. his picture, and he's hoping it will stay. He said, I've been there. I saw this. But at the time, it wasn't a geocache. So uh, me personally, nah, it doesn't work. <laughs> nice I, try. I saw that someone had said on the geocaching forums that they had locked that cache. You couldn't log a find on it. He did. Because I, I saw the find, but someone yeah. had said that they had locked the cache because a lot of people were posting spam, like not spam yeah. messages, but, you know... Derogatory messages or whatever because it's on the space station. Yeah. And uh, I saw a thing that said, oh, well, it's been unlocked. And some, I'm like, oh, I'll click on it. And I saw there was a find on it. And I'm like, what? And then I saw, you know, the, the guy's picture in front of the, the locker. So, uh, but, And it's a recent picture because it has his name on it, whatever his name yeah, was. Yeah. Hockey something? Yeah, something like that. And it has a picture. It said, was here. So <laughs> it, it was taken recently. Hmm. The picture has been taken since it's been up there. Really? But he was up there before it. Huh. And the reason I know that is because I've been following the discussion on the Sable Island cache. I was, that's which I was, is George D's cache. I was going to say, yeah, because there was some people that were talking about whether or not that was such a great idea. <laughs> so. Well, I don't think people are going to flock out to it, and no one is going to go and make a special trip. But yeah. I think someday there will be a geocacher going out that will get it. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's what George was thinking, because George was out there. Yeah, that's and true. Said, wow, what a what a great place for a cache. And you are allowed out there, as contrary to popular belief, but yeah. you do need permission. Yeah, and that's what I was reading about, the specific conditions. Yeah. You know, yeah. as long as you do this and pay, there was a, there was a fee yeah. or something involved exactly. in that, but, you know, why, there's there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to We're go not gonna, And people are worried about it being pristine and all that stuff. You're not going to get a lot of people out there. No, exactly. It's not, it's not going to ruin the island. No, and that's just it. How many? It's not like you're going to get a flood of people, geocachers going to Sable Island, because it's quite a... And wherever he put it, obviously, he put it in a spot that he could get to, so it's probably not in a in a spot that's causing too much trouble. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, George called me on it, I, I had to help him with some of the cache creation. He oh, really? Thing. Yeah, he, oh, okay. He needed some questions and stuff like that, so him and I were talking. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I've never done a uh, published Earth cache myself. I have one. It's, it's not... Yeah, you've the one it I was the process. Yeah, I've never, and I've I've thought about a couple of different things I could do, but I've never done it. So the time yeah. comes, I might need to 
They're great. No I, maintenance. Yeah, exactly. I might have to ring your bell on that one. So very good. Any uh, any final closing comments? No. Come out for the coffee event. Come out for the coffee event. Uh, if you have any other suggestions, topics you want to hear about, uh, you can, I would suggest, put a comment on the post. So when we post this to, uh, yes. to Cache Up New Brunswick, just put a comment and say, hey, you know, we'd love to hear about, you know, geocaching in outer space or extreme geocaching. You did a post about that or yes. whatever, you, whatever it is you want to hear about. Just put a comment and uh, we can add it to our, our next one. Otherwise, we're going to talk about what we like. <laughs> exactly. All right. So it's uh, Zoran Reverend signing off from the Cacher's Corner. Thanks for listening.